Welcome to another episode of the Head of Nations podcast. I'm your host, Brian, and across from me is your co-host, Ben. So, Ben, what's new in your nations this week? Summertime schedule. Just trying to figure out, well, I'm a teacher, so I have summer, so I'm trying to figure out what summer's going to look like. And so we sat down, made a almost like a to-do list for the summer, and um, I have some projects that I'm going, well, I have recessed lighting that was put in in the winter time, and I still have to to do just a little, I'm going to end up, end up painting the ceiling, but, um, but then there's some other projects, house projects that I got to finish up this summer. So I got the list. It's done. Now it's time to accomplish that. And quick update. I don't know if you noticed my running shoes today. I actually did. So I did. I'm wearing them, but I okay. don't intend. Well, I, I don't plan on running today. Wait, wait. Okay. So you've got your running shoes on, but you're not planning to run. Right. Um, but last, last time I wore these shoes, I did, I mentioned running and that day I had time and that day I ran and okay. that, and listen, my, so I'm not, I, I do not find running like pleasurable, but I do plan on running at least once a week at the least. That's better than no times a week. Right. And if I, I find if I can, if I can get a, you know, a good 30 minutes in, I'm, I'm pretty satisfied because I don't intend on training for any marathon or anything like that. It's just to, you know just to get a little bit of, of some cardio. But after the, after the run, I felt, I felt amazing. I thought I was going to die. I really like thought, you know, it, ha- it has been a while, but I've been consistent in, in, in other, you know, in working out. And I, I found that my, my lungs were conditioned. You know, my workouts have been intense enough that, that I felt like, okay, this, this wasn't that bad. So I can do, I can do this and maybe, you know, maybe a little longer run next time. Though I did, I did probably a little over a mile, which is like nothing. I thought, hey, not bad, not bad. So I plan on running this week. Okay, good, good. <laughs> I've actually noticed that conditioning aspect. Like I do a lot of grappling. Yeah. And yeah. we had a 5K last year. We do an annual 5K as a family. And my son wanted to run. Yeah. And I hadn't run at all. And he's like, let's go, daddy. And I was like, okay, let's see how my cardio is doing. And it it was actually fine because I do short stints of intense cardio when I grapple. So it's transferable to some extent, which I was really surprised at. Yeah, my I was very concerned about breathing, Mm -hmm. but I was breathing just fine. I felt really good. So there it is. Yeah. Breathing's a good thing to do. I know. It's (laughs) one of my favorite things to do. (laughs) Me too. So (laughs) in my nation this week, we are dealing with some chicken problems on the homestead so we have this chicken candy corn and she is a very sweet girl (laughs) yeah so when we got the chickens we let people name them so each person got a chicken and each person got to name it i don't remember we let i think the cousins named candy corn maybe you didn't name candy i didn't know i named cluck norris (laughs) yeah who is no longer with us rest in peace cluck norris yeah it was kind of sad to see cluck go but you know cluck was a monster too Mm -hmm. cluck the snake killer the mouse killer well candy's like that she's gentle around the kids usually She's gentle around us, but we're trying to introduce these new chickens into the flock and she is not having it. Now, so to describe candy corn, we've got goats too. And candy corn is very territorial. And if the goats get in her territory, she pecks them and chases Mm -hmm. them. So we're talking like five pound chicken Mm -hmm. versus 80 pound, 100 pound goat, right? She just goes full monster and chases them. Well, so then we put in these new chickens. We're trying to grow our flock again because we've lost a few. So I witnessed this. My kids told me this happened one other time. When we introduce the baby chickens in with candy corn and the other girls, candy corn will peck them, attack them, rip a feather out, stare at them, 
and swallow the feather like that savage oh it's like she knows what she's doing she's like that's right this is your feather and i'm swallowing it yeah it's just complete dominance so i'm concerned about putting these new chicks in the coop because she might actually murder them yeah so we have a plan now. I'm, I'm building a second coop. We have a rooster. That's the big problem is the rooster and candy corn get into like full murder fest so mode. So you do have a rooster. We, the rooster is new. He's one of the littler okay. guys. He's a teenager right now. Got it. So candy corn is a mature woman and she can womp on the rooster right now. So anyway, what we're doing is the plan is we're going to build a second coop. We're going to put the rooster and the new girls in and we're going to raise up some other girls that we're going to buy today. Ooh. We're buying them today. Big day. Including a Chicken brand day. new breed that has been developed locally called Yankee Blue. This guy, he's like the chicken wizard. And he's bred blue chickens. Now, there are other blue chickens, but these are a brand new bluish breed of chicken called Yankee Blues. So we're going to get those. And hopefully the all new girl flock will play well with candy corn. So, okay. Yeah. Wow. Um, what breed is candy corn? So candy corn is an Isa brown, and they're supposed to be sweet chickens, and they are to people, but apparently not to other chickens. She's a brown chicken? Yeah. It's called Isa brown. They're bred to lay eggs yep. and be sweet. And, and this one is not. Yeah, she's not sweet to other chickens, that's for sure. Yeah. Wow. But I, I mean, I feel like if a, if a coyote or something came in the yard while the kids were out and candy corn was out, I think she might actually really? take down the, the coyote, at like least chase guard, it away. Like a protector chicken. Yeah, it's what she feels like her duty mm. is. Maybe she's protecting the family from the new could chickens. Be. It could be. Yeah. Could be. But you have a rooster, which is very good. And I think roosters, yeah. we we had a rooster growing up, and a rooster, that thing would was so territorial and would just attack. You yeah. Know, so that's, I mean, that's that's a good It's thing. good to have on the property for yeah. sure. Yeah. You know, I, someone I, tries to rob the house, just pff, attack rooster. rooster. Yep, yep. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into the passage of the week this week. And this is from Judges, and this is from Judges chapter 8. And this is the account of Gideon. So Gideon, if you know the story of Gideon, he was hiding from the Midianites, and they were terrorizing the Israelites. He's hiding in a wine press threshing grain, which is not what you would do, but he's hiding so that they don't steal his grain. And God's like, hey, mighty man of valor, you're going to save the people. (laughs) He's like, me? Are you sure? So anyway... We get to the point now where Gideon has amassed his army. God whittled the army down to 300 men. And I love this story because it's the 300 situationally aware men who basically keep a hand on their sword mm. at all times. They don't ever have something in both hands and they're always looking around. So if you if you read, it's the guys that either lap water and like keep their heads up or the guys that take a, a cup of water in their hand, like they take their hand, they cup it and sip out of their hand Mm. with their other hand free Mm -hmm. for their sword. So these are like the real killers here. So 300 men, Gideon and his men attack. They disperse the Midianites and they're pursuing the princes. That's where we're at now in chapter eight. So they're pursuing the princes. We're going to start in verse four. Gideon and his 300 men, exhausted yet keeping up the pursuit, came to the Jordan and crossed it. He said to the men of Succoth, give my troops some bread. They are worn out. And I am still pursuing Zeba and Zalmunna, the kings of Midian. But the officials of Succoth said, Do you already have the hands of Zeba and Zalmunna in your possession? Why should we give bread to your troops? Then Gideon replied, Just for that, when the Lord has given Zeba and Zalmunna into my hand, I will tear your flesh with desert thorns and briars. Okay, so he's not messing around. He's like, Listen, we're fighting the enemies of God, we're hungry. 
feed my men so we can finish the job. And they're like, oh, do you have them yet? No. Well, guess what? We're not going to feed you until you do. They're taunting him. They're supposed to be on his side. So here's what's up. Spoiler alert. They catch the princes. So now we're in verse 13. Gideon, son of Joash, then returned from the battle by the pass of Harry's. He caught a young man of Succoth and questioned him, and the young man wrote down for him the names of the 77 officials of Succoth, the elders of the town. Then Gideon came and said to the men of Succoth, Here are Ziba and Zalmunna, about whom you taunted me, saying, Do you already have the hands of Ziba and Zalmunna in your possession? Why should we give you bread to your exhausted men? He took the elders of the town and taught the men of Succoth a lesson mm. by punishing them with desert thorns and briars. There's one more part I didn't read earlier, but mm-hmm. this is the second part. He also pulls down a tower. He said, this is verse 17. He also pulled down the tower of Peniel and killed the men of the town because same thing happened at Peniel. So Gideon is like, help me out. And they're like, neener, neener, neener. And he's like, okay, I'm going to teach you a lesson. And here are a couple of important things I think from this passage. Number one, don't delay the work of God. God is delivering the people and the people themselves are delaying the work of God and they're taunting the one who's doing it. Mm. There are consequences when you do that. Number two, I think is a really important thing. Gideon followed through on what he said he would do. The people of Israel saw there are consequences when you taunt people that are doing the work of God. Mm. So he's like, I'm going to punish you in this way. He didn't forget about it. He didn't say, oh, you know, let's let bygones be bygones. You know, we caught them all's well that ends well. Mm. He came back. He's like, I said I was going to do this. Now I'm going to do it. Mm. So while we may not scourge people with thorns, which would be a a really intriguing punishment, Mm. (laughs) a little little painful, I think, but our punishments today in society are generally like fines or imprisonment. Mm. They were savage back Mm. then, like Mm -hmm. scourged with thorns. Have you ever caught yourself with a thorn? I was mowing the other day and I have a, you see that right there? Yeah, a good old line, a scar mm-hmm. right there, a little bit of scab, where just one thorn caught me, just ripped me open. Now imagine being scourged with thorns. But side note, he did what he said he was going to do. So a lot of times when we threaten punishment and don't follow through, there's no respect for that. Mm. How many other people do you think in Gideon's lifetime tried to taunt him or thwart what he tried mm. to do from that point onward? Not many. Yeah, because they recognized... He doesn't mess around. He Mm. says he's going to do this to us. If we don't comply, he's probably really going to do it. How Mm. do we know? Because he did it to the elders of Succoth. Mm. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So he gave them their just desserts, right? And I was just thinking this ought to be a reminder of the, because he is, he's God's man, he's God's judge. Reminder of the, the severity of of the Lord, that this man was, I think, righteous in doing this because he was doing the the work of the Lord. He was he was embarking on Yahweh's war, God's sword. So stay out of his, stay out of his way. Help him when you can, and you are helping the living God. When you resist the living God his severity and wrath is is not to be tested and it's real but then it comes to it remind because i'm i'm redeemed by the savior by that that same living god came and took the wrath that 
I was so I, I the, the just desserts that they received. That's no longer where I you know where I stand anymore. And so it 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 helps me appreciate the grace that I've received in Christ, knowing the severity of God, knowing how bad and how far gone I was. A reminder of the wrath and severity of God ought to, for a believer, be something cause for worship because of the gospel of Jesus. That's that's what I was thinking of as as I read through this. I'm like, thank God, because I, I mean, how many times do I step in and say, you know, uh, no, I don't think so. How many times do I, you know, am, am I not like Gideon, but am I like those other people who? Who will thwart God's, you know, God's good plan because of whatever reason? I'm tired, or I, you know, whatever excuse I have. But, but, but thank God that He sent a son. Yeah, that's what I think of. When Amen. I yeah, so that we don't have to be scourged with that's desert thorns. Right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> be quite so. a punishment. So let's get into the topic of the week this week, and the topic of the week is Caleb. And Caleb is a man I've always been intrigued by in the Bible for two reasons because we have. A picture of number one, young Caleb who is ready to get after it. And number two, we also see old Caleb who's also still eager to get after it. So for the listeners that might not be familiar with the story of Caleb, so the Israelites are coming into the promised land and they think that instead of just going in, it'd be a good idea to have some reconnaissance. Reconnaissance is generally a good thing. It's not a great idea to go into any situation blindly without understanding the terrain, without understanding the people, things like that. So whether we're talking political terrain, whether we're talking topographical terrain, whether we're talking about cultural terrain, whatever it is, it's good to have an idea of what we're walking Mm -hmm. into. So as a parent, sometimes my kids will ask me questions and I don't know the terrain, and I might Mm. walk into an argument I didn't realize was like, my son and my daughter might be disagreeing about something, and they'll say, Daddy, is this the case? Well, they're asking to draw me into an argument, Mm. but if I don't know the terrain, I get sucked in. But if I look at my wife when they ask me, and she gives me that look like, yep, it's a trap, (laughs) (laughs) then I know the terrain, so I'm better able to navigate. So the Israelites... They send spies into the land, the Canaanites' land, to spy out the land. That's what spies do. They spy. Mm. And so they send out 12 spies. Caleb is one of the spies. And so Caleb is sent out, and they're to spy out the land and see what's up in the promised land. And they come back after spying out the land, and there are two different stories. Story number one is, oh my goodness, these people... Mm are huge and there are tons of them Mm -hmm. and there is no way on earth we're going in there to Mm -hmm. fight those guys Mm -hmm. because we're going to lose. That's story number one. And out of the 12 men that were sent, and I want to just pause here for a minute. It takes a bit of fortitude to be a spy. So if you think about what's at risk, you're going into enemy territory and if you're caught, you're probably going to die. So the people that are going in to be spies are probably already a little bit adventurous. Mm -hmm. They probably are a little bit of an adrenaline junkie. And we've got out of the 12 of them, 10 of them are freaking out when they get back. So they're saying, we cannot do this. And there are two who say, oh, yes, we can. Mm. And Caleb's one of them. Caleb says, basically, the Lord will surely give them into our hands. 
So Caleb has confidence that God will deliver them, but he's also, young Caleb is not afraid to fight. And I don't know what your experience is. Like we've trained together some and we've trained together competing against or grappling with striking. We've both done Mm -hmm. MMA, big guys. Mm -hmm. And if you've never actually fought a big guy, Mm -hmm. you may not understand what's at stake in fighting a big guy because there's something visceral. Now, when I see a big guy that I'm squaring up with, there's a guy at our gym right now. He's six, seven. Mm. And I don't know. I I would guesstimate he's in like the two seventy range. I don't really know, but there's another guy at our gym that I grapple with every week and he is 330 pounds and he is a monster of a man. And when, when I lock up with him, I can tell there is something different about trying to move this man. Like, can I move 230 pound guys? Heck yes, I can. Mm-hmm. Now, for context, I'm 160. I'm nothing special. I just know leverage, right? Moving a 330 pound man, that's a different story. Yep. Yeah. Most of the times I fail. And when I succeed, I think a lot of the times I succeed because he makes a mistake, mm-hmm. right? So if it were real mortal combat mm. and I were fighting a 6'7", 270 pound man, or I were fighting a 330-pound man hand-to-hand. Because in this era, yeah, they had slings Mm. and stones, but a lot of times they're fighting with a sword or a knife, hand-to-hand, close-quarters combat. Mm -hmm. If you're fighting a much larger person than you, like I've been punched by huge guys, there's something different about that Mm. than being punched by a guy your size. So now imagine it's a knife fight or a sword fight. There's something where you look at a big guy, you lock up with a big guy, and you're like, this is different. And if this were real, I'm in danger. Mm-hmm. Now, can I win? There's a good chance I might. Mm. There's a good chance I might not. But I'm less confident because size does matter. Mm. Skill trumps all, but size does matter. So these people are looking and they're like, these guys are mm-hmm. huge. Mm-hmm. What I like about Caleb, he's like, yeah, they might be huge. Mm. We're still going to win. Right? That's the right mm-hmm. attitude to have. Like when you're mm-hmm. going against someone who's big, yeah, they're, they're big, but I'm still going to win. So I understand somewhat the hesitance of the people that were the 10 people, but I also understand the confidence of Caleb. And Caleb wants to get after it. He's a mm-hmm. fighter. We'll see this later. He wants to fight. Mm-hmm. But I think what's most important is Caleb looks at the circumstances and says, we have God Mm -hmm. with us. Mm -hmm. So it's not just, hey, I can fight. I'm really good at fighting. Everyone miscues. Everyone can stumble. Everyone can fall. Everyone can miss and get caught by a punch or whatever or a knife. So Caleb, I think, recognizes that as a warrior, but he trusts God. Everyone else, the other 10, they forgot God. They saw how big the people were and they forgot how big God was. But Caleb was one of the two that remembered it's not just me, it's not just these guys. God is going with us, and that is why we're going to win. Mm-hmm. So let me get your thoughts on young Caleb with that. Yeah. So at this point in Caleb's life, he has experienced the provision, all the, the miracles of the desert. He has experienced the vo- even the voice of God the, that, that shook mountains. Like That was real for Caleb and too real to forget. And for the rest of them, the 10, uh, whenever confronted with Yes, the people of the land and their magnificent cities on top of hills with walls that were that's seemingly impenetrable. But what was the first the first battle that they they marched around the walls and God made them fall? Like that God was capable of doing that. And Caleb knew it, but the other ones doubted when they saw 
the the physical might and power and even technological advances. They didn't they have like iron chariots yeah, and stuff. Yes. I mean, these guys were they were warriors, and they had a their wall. Their cities were well defended, and so intimidation you know, played a huge part in their in their refusal to go in. But Caleb, he he knew, and he 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 saw the living God and felt the power, and there was nothing like it. And that created within him it a confidence and a desire. Yeah, I'm going to go get what is mine because the Lord said so. You know, mm-hmm. so that's I love that about Caleb. Yeah, his his faith is on he's he's unwavering. And what I, I mean. Well, we're not gonna. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But what, old I mean, Caleb, yeah, what a yeah. I mean, what a man. Like he has proven right. himself to be, and uh, and he's blessed for it. He's blessed for it. And the other ones, they're well, they're dead in the desert. You know, yeah, never get to. But go ahead. Yeah. So I think an important thing here for us as nation builders, as those of us who are trying to build the nations up that God has given under our dominion, whether it's our families whether it's the work that we're doing in our career, whether it's the work that we're doing at the church, mm-hmm. whether it's witnessing opportunities, mentorships, all the nations that God has given us to build up, when we see things that may seem like they are not possible, mm-hmm. when we're faced with challenges, like we're all going to have challenges and we're all at some point in our life going to have big challenges. That's one thing that I see as a universal in life, the older I get, the longer I live, the more that I see that we are all going to face massive challenges in our lives, whether it's the loss of a loved one, the loss of a career, it could be you know a damaged relationship, mm. you know, whatever it is, we are going to face challenges in our lives, but something that, this is something I struggle with, honestly, I'm just going to be honest, but God has really helped me with, I would say in the past year, is recognizing in whose hands things mm. ultimately are. That, that does not absolve me of my responsibility. That's why I hesitate to, to mm. say this sometimes because some people are like, it's all in God's hands. And they use that as an excuse to not do anything. Mm-hmm. As if, if I sit here, God will do all the things for me. That's not the pattern we see in scripture. The Israelites still had to march on these cities and they still had to fight for them, even though God had given them into their hands, right? God gave the Israelites these cities but the Israelites still had to do the work that God had laid out for them. The Israelites under Gideon were given the Midianites. God gave the Midianites into their hands. They still had to chase those princes, mm-hmm. right? So everything is in God's hands. I still have to do what I am supposed to do and work as unto the Lord. But ultimately, these things that seem huge in my life sometimes that are big responsibilities or maybe are family issues that seem like big problems, like maybe you've got someone in your life that's relying on you during a hard time. And you're like, wow, that's a, mm. it's a lot of responsibility to check in, you know, every day, a half an hour a day, whatever it is. God is in control, honestly and truly. And the battle is the Lord's. Mm-hmm. And Caleb recognized that. And you and I, we need to recognize that the battles in our life are ultimately the Lord's battles and he will fight them for us and through us. And so the success of the battle doesn't depend ultimately on us, it depends on the Lord and our reliance on him. Yes. And that's, I mean, that should give us confidence mm-hmm. in, in any, any area, not throw up our hands and let him do it. No. I mean, like there are, this is how God teaches us. It's through us working out our faith in him. And so he gives us opportunity. Yes. The battle's the Lord's go and take it. It gives us the opportunities to learn about him, 
learn about ourselves, to actually grow and become sanctified and more like him. Our faith is, is being strengthened in those moments. Uh, if we sit back and do nothing, what opportunity does God have to work? And what opportunity do you have to awe, take, just be in awe of his amazing provision? That's how he's, he's producing. He's giving us that. It's a gift. It's, a, you know, it's lessons. It's, it's growth. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. And I love that, that he teaches us like that, that he doesn't just like, you know, stand back there and watch me do it. That's not, that's not learning anything. That's not mm. growing. It's, no, no, go and do it and, and watch me work as you're doing it so that it's kind of he's, it's grace that he's got us caught up in his work like that. And like you said, in anything, in, at work or, you know, at church and evangelism, whatever, we go boldly because we know he goes before us. Otherwise, I'm not going boldly. I'm staying put because those, you know, those walls are impenetrable. Those chariots are going to run me down. But, but God's the one who, who, who guarantees victory. And in, in him, I find my strength. Mm, amen. And one of the verses that sounds a lot like what you're just saying, mm. the righteous are as bold as a lion. Oh, yeah. That sticks with me a lot because, yeah, because of that confidence mm. in the one whom we serve. Mm. He is the king and he's got our backs. Mm -hmm. So we're, of course we can be bold. Of yeah. course we can go boldly and step boldly out in faith yeah. if we feel like we are going where God leads us because he's not going to lead us astray. Yeah. Of course, we're going to be led through challenging times, but that is for our sanctification, it's mm -hmm. for our benefit. So mm -hmm, yeah, mm -hmm. so if we're going through trials, we should be rejoicing because God is sanctifying us. Mm -hmm. And if something is hard, guess what? God is going to do something great through that. Mm. So yeah. I think my uh, my pastor was talking about it. Someone else was talking about it. it makes me think, though, my older, like, older brother. Um, whenever, <laughs> this is funny, like whenever we were younger, and I had, there were three boys right in a row. It was my sister, then there were three boys. And my older brother, I'm the middle, my younger brother. But we would go to the playground. It was, I don't know why, but boys do this. We, we fight and wrestle. And it's about if someone pushes you in the back, well, it's on at that point. Oh, that, yeah. They're the enemy. And it's them versus us sort of thing. And so who's going to dominate the playground? It was... This is something awesome that I, I mean, I don't know if I, if I'm a parent and I'm like, you know, looking at my kids, I'm, I don't want them to engage in that. But where were my parents? I don't know. <laughs> they, I mean, they dropped us off at the, at the playground, their baseball fields around. That's a large space. I, but I don't know where my parents were. They certainly weren't watching us. But I remember looking at kids that were bigger than me and unmoved, def, you know, defying them. And saying let's let's go because my brother was right behind me and my brother is a he's a force mm. um, he's a scary guy and uh, and he's he's fought a battle or two for me physically because of you know of a threat to me and my family he's gone he's done that that's his that's been his role and so I remember baseball you know going to the baseball field and the playground. And you know, we have the you know, we have the slides over here. We have the merry-go-round over here, and we're just like in the midst of it. It's a battlefield, but my brother's there, you know, mm -hmm. and so I can do anything. Yeah, <laughs> and I know, like you know, I know he's got my back. Yeah, that's but, an amazing feeling. And like my son is going through that now, where he'll ask me, like, if if something happens, are you going to help me? You know, where he, <laughs> yeah, he's at that right. stage. And yes, if if you really need it, I'll help yeah. you. And that really soothes him. Yeah, because yeah. this is something, and this is just a side rant. <laughs> that I think a lot of times that 
women don't understand the physical threats that young men face. Mm. All threats are potentially physical threats to young men yeah, yeah. because that's that's how men communicate is no. Mm. Yes, no. Mm-hmm. Well, what has to be the backing of no? It's got to be physical. It has to be yeah. physical violence, right? And I'm not saying that we should resort to violence if mm. we don't need to, but at the end of the day, that's why we have police. Mm. It's why we have a military because sometimes the answer has to be violence. Well, mm. as men, a lot of times we walk in that world of any other male out there is a potentially violent male. Hmm. And now, does that mean that we fight all the time? No, no. right? Does it mean, like as, as adults, does hmm. it mean that we're ever gonna be in a fight? No, not necessarily. But it, we recognize that a man that's having a bad day is hmm. potentially violent. Hmm. And guys intrinsically understand this. Like sons, they understand that automatically. Wives and daughters don't as much. They operate in a different world where men are generally kind to women. We're programmed that way. We're supposed to be, right? And girls aren't going to resort to physical violence against girls. But guys, we understand that. If you see another large guy and you're like, if I have to fight that guy, that's the first thought. I, you know, mm. like, and maybe I'm just jacked up that way, you know, but like, that's, is, is that your first thought? Like, if I have to fight that guy? <laughs> I've had those thoughts before. I, yeah, I say I would not, that's not my first thought. My first thought is I got to talk to that man. Oh, okay. Talk him down and oh. reason with him. But like if you see a big guy out yeah. in public, your first thought I know, is... I know the move that I got to do. So, But you think that. You're like, <laughs> you're like, if I have to fight this guy, I know what's up, right? And then it's like, he's probably a decent guy. But my first thought is, if I have to fight this guy, here's, here's what, how he, I yeah. can bring him down. <laughs> and then the second thought is, he's probably a decent dude. I probably won't have to do this, okay. right? And then my, my third, you're like, if I see a guy at church... Uh, my first thought is like a new guy, new guy. Well, any guy. Yeah. Any You're kind of eyeing him up. I'm just like, yeah. Like, like, what, what's his muscle build? Exactly. I mean, like, can I take, I don't him? even think about it. It's just, it, bang, those thoughts come into my Sizing head. Him right? up. Yeah. But then you know what? I go shake his hand. I say hi, you know, yeah. things like that. But anyway, we're mm. way, way afield here, but <laughs> as, that's a, that's a reality for guys. A reality is the potential of violence with other guys. Caleb sees that and he's like, well, it doesn't matter because God has my back and God has promised us victory. Yeah. And another thing about Caleb too is that he he knows that God has given us the land. The land is home. And and I was just I was reading in, in Chesterton, um, I was reading it in The Everlasting Man, that that man's story from the beginning has been his fight to get back home. And I think of like of of all the stories that I love. You think of Bilbo Baggins when he steps out. He's not or Frodo, you know, even with the ring. He's got yeah, he's got to go. But it's his whole story. Sam reminds him, he's hey the Shire. It's all it's for home. It's to get back home. And I think that that Caleb is he's been a slave in a land that was not his home. He's been the desert, not resting, and for him. He's going to get that. He's going to get home and he's going to rest. He's going to find, and that's for the Christian. That's, I mean, that's a, that is Caleb is our, is a model there is that Mm -hmm. we're fighting to get home, to get, to get that rest in union with Christ Mm -hmm. in the world without end. That's our, that's, so Caleb should, he inspires me in that way. Absolutely. And I think a lot of times we forget that we are constantly in a battle, a spiritual battle. You know, like a lot of times I don't navigate my life that way where I think everything's a spiritual battle. I recognize it more, again, the older I get, the yeah. more I see like most things actually are yeah. spiritual in nature. 
all of the temptations that I feel to be angry or whatever, I don't mm. even think about mm -hmm. it a lot of times. I'm just, I feel I'm frustrated. Mm. But that's spiritual. Mm -hmm. It's not just that I'm hungry or tired or yeah. whatever other excuses we give ourselves. Yeah. It's spiritual. Everything that we navigate in life has a spiritual mm. basis or a spiritual backing. I don't want to get too theologically deep here, but that's what Hebrews mm. talks about that. The tabernacle was the shadow, mm. right? Yeah. of heaven of the reality yeah the yeah. reality is heaven mm -hmm. well the spiritual is the real mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. of which the physical is the shadow yeah that that reality produced this one yes exactly right? i mean so yes. that has to be realer than this one yes yeah, yeah. oh yeah so the spiritual sure. is the real battle right so but we're fighting that every single minute of every single day so if we're not living in the grace of God and relying on him and coming back to him, asking for help, mm. repenting mm. when we mess up mm. and walking in confidence that I am redeemed. I am God's man mm. and rejoice for the steps of a righteous man are ordered by God. Mm. Right? If, if I'm not living in that, I am failing. Mm -hmm. So I need to keep living in that and ask for that. Now God's going to work in will in me. Mm. But I also am working and willing mm -hmm. to, hopefully, alongside of God's will. Oh, yeah. And if you're not fighting a battle, you're losing that. You're losing. Mm -hmm. like, because I think it is. Life is a fight. And I think that once you, if you, if you were like, nah, no, those are, that's just, you know, you guys like trying to, to say that the, the men are for fighting and all of this, you know, this, this patriarchal kind of, you know, lingo that you're throwing around. It's like, yes, that, I yeah. am saying that. <laughs> but also. But it's like, yeah, but that, I mean. Those people who aren't fighting and don't wake up ready to fight, ready to engage in, yes, a spiritual warfare, those people are losing. You are losing the fight and you're allowing yourself to be dominated by sin, dominated by dark forces, dominated by cultural, you know, fallen norms. I mean, you are not able to be a real head of your nation mm -hmm. uh if you are if you're not waking up and ready to ready to go because that's I mean, that's what we're called to do is to to resist those dark forces that yeah that don't get tired they don't they don't grow weary like we get mm -hmm. like we get tired so we gotta go and that as as men of our nations for our mm -hmm. wives for our children and for our community we got we gotta we gotta be ready to rock and roll yeah and we see this patterns of this in life everything's a fight in life everything mm. you like you talk about waking up that's a fight is. yeah the, the alarm goes off yep. that is a fight it's an actual fight and it's not just a fight against your body it's a spiritual mm. fight yeah are you going to give in to laziness to sloth yeah. which is a sin yeah or are you going to get up and move yeah. movement is a fight against gravity mm. it actually literally is you've got the weight of one atmosphere on you anytime you move you're fighting gravity mm. right those are just two tiny little examples yeah you know you're yeah you're doing when you try to buy something online, you see one left in stock, you're fighting everyone else that wants it, right? You really are. You're like, I need to get there first. It's a competition, it's a fight. But those are patterns mm. in this shadow of the world of the reality of the spiritual warfare that we're subjected to on a daily basis. Yeah, and we need to walk in the confidence that Caleb had of mm. God's got my back. I am God's man. Mm -hmm. I am one of the chosen, right? He's, he's the chosen people. He's like, God promised this. Does God ever fail in delivering on his promise? Never. Hmm. Well, then what do I have to fear? So what if they're nine feet tall? I don't care. God's promised we're going to win, so we're going to win. Mm -hmm. I don't know how, but I'm going to step out in faith. Mm -hmm. Just like Abraham. Where are we going, God? The land I'll show you. Yeah. Okay, let's go. <laughs> right? Where are you going? Just go. 
<laughs> yeah, and he does. But I think a lot of times we fail because we try to overanalyze and overthink instead of saying, I have faith mm-hmm. that God is going to provide the victory. Mm-hmm. And I'm preaching it myself as much as I'm mm-hmm. preaching everyone else. Yeah, and there's this is interesting, but I, th- I think of my faith battle and the, the battles that I'm, I'm engaging in every day. It's... It could be, you know, it could be discipline. Yes, it could be doing doing very difficult things, going through, um, intentionally going through things that, you know, like real trials. But yesterday, I, I was in a battle that, you know, that that I just wasn't expecting, and ev- it's it happens every night that I'm in the same battle, and I am so terrible at fighting this that we get home and we're a little bit past bedtime. It's summertime, so we're staying up a little bit later, so we're getting home a little bit later. And I, I my daughter, she's sitting in the car. She is, she's fighting. She's resisting going, getting inside and going to bed. And I'm, I'm just, in my mind, I'm like, okay, here it is. This is the <laughs> battle of my time. I need to get her inside and in bed without any drama. And But she is... She is sitting there and she is not budging. And I'm, <laughs> I've been there so many times. I so, know this yeah, battle. So okay. So do you pick her up and do you just give in to her? You know, and give and be that be kind of like a comforting dad at the end of the moment. Or do you say no? She's got to learn her lesson and get up, get her butt upstairs and go to bed. <laughs> and so I, this is interesting. So I, I said okay, I'm gonna go get her and I, you know, pick her up. And I bring her inside and I put her on the floor and I say, now you go upstairs and go to bed or get ready for bed, brush your teeth and things like that. And so then it's, then it's, now it's on because I'm, because I put her down and I was like doing something else. So she w- works her way over to the stairs. And at this point now she's crying and I, you know, and I'm like, Joanna Kate, you know, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I told you, you know, what you need to do. And then my wife looks at me and she's like, what are you going to do? And at that point, everything in me is like, just get upstairs, you know. And so I walk over there and I'm just like, look down at her. And she's literally on the ground looking (laughs) up at me, you know, looking with the same eyes. What are you going to do? And I, I just, I put my hands down and I just pick her up and I say, let's go to bed, Joe. And it was that. So it wasn't the good after it and do the right, the hard thing. You know, the hard thing was tenderness. At Mm. that point, the battle was to be tender for my daughter so Mm -hmm. that she would enter a place of rest. And so it's like our battles, man, are not (laughs) so cut and dry. This is how I fight them. It's like, nope, we got to change tactics. But you can't miss that, yep, that at every turn. Mm The battle is, essentially, it's your sanctification. You're being made like Christ. Yeah, so. yeah. And sometimes the right call in that battle might be making her go on her own, but yeah, sometimes the right yeah. call might be showing grace yeah, and like that right, wisdom and right. parenthood. But we have to rely on God for that. Like That's something Heck I pray yeah. for that's a lot. Yeah. yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. it's Proverbs 25. Don't answer a fool according to his folly. Mm-hmm. Answer a fool according to his folly. Well, mm-hmm. which time is it now? <laughs> I don't know, God. Please help me. Like, you know, I pray that so often. Like, which, yeah. what, what am I doing here, God? Right. Which one is it? Because we don't know, but God has laid that out for her sanctification and mm-hmm. for ours. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, I'll be praying for you because Thank I've you. lived that so yeah. much, and I'm, I still don't get it right. Yeah. So, 
I, same. That yeah. was like my one victory. Yeah. Sometimes I get it right and sometimes I don't. But I, I, yeah, I think, yeah. you know, I don't know whether I'll have gotten it right. That's the thing with parenting oh, until 20 yeah. years from now. Yeah, right. Yeah. So just oh, be gosh. prayerful, be a prayerful parent. Yeah. All right, let's look at older Caleb, speaking of 20 years from now. It's yeah. actually longer than that. But okay, this, this is where I get fired up. Mm. I get so excited about this. Mm-hmm. This is older Caleb. Here we go. Now, I'm going to read a little bit of a passage here. This makes me happy. Now, the men of Judah approached Joshua at Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of Jephthah, the Kenizzite, said to him, You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, at Kadesh Barnea, about you and me. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land, and I brought him back a report according to my convictions. But my brothers who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt with fear. I, however, followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. So on that day, Moses swore to me, the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever, because you have followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. Now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said this to Moses while Israel moved about in the desert. So here I am today, 85 years old. I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I am just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard then that the Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified. But the Lord helping me, I will drive them out just as he said. So here we see 85-year-old Caleb is ready to get after it. Mm -hmm. And he is ready to go to war. I just want you to picture this. Mm. Picture an 85-year-old man in your head. Now picture that 85-year-old man coming up to you and saying, I'm ready for war. Mm -hmm. That's something we don't typically envision. I've met a couple of people like that in my life that have been extremely vigorous in old age, and they get after it in the work department Mm -hmm. and things like that. But this is uncommon. But Caleb's calling back. He's recalling the promise. And he says, Joshua, you were there. Mm -hmm. You were there, Joshua. You remember this. You remember Mm -hmm. God's promise. You remember I served him wholeheartedly. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the really cool part about this. God didn't just promise the land to Caleb because of Caleb's faithfulness. God promised the land to Caleb and his children forever. Mm -hmm. So the blessing of serving God seems to be, and I've seen this in people's families, Mm -hmm. where if you wholeheartedly serve the Lord, not always, but a lot of times I see this generational blessing of people whose families have children Mm -hmm. who serve the Lord. My wife's grandfather is a great example. All of his kids serve the Lord. Mm. His son's sons are all in the ministry. Mm. It's crazy to me, mm-hmm. but I see that pattern because he served the Lord wholeheartedly. Guess mm-hmm. what? His son did. Guess mm-hmm. what? His son's sons do. Mm-hmm. So Caleb, in the face of fear, was like, nope, God's got it. And now he's 85. He's strapping on his sword. Mm-hmm. And he's like, let's go to war, boys. God promised this to me. It's it's time to fight for him. Mm-hmm. I still have got to fight, but I am just as vigorous mm-hmm. and healthy and ready for battle mm-hmm. at 85 as I was back then. Mm. What are your thoughts on that? I can't. I can't get over the at forty. He was, a, he was a spy because I think of 
man, our society and in our generation and you know, Western society, I just think at 40, yeah, they're, st- they're still working, but I know guys at 40 who are thinking about retirement and they're thinking about slowing down. And I'm just, and he's at 40, he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to take the land. If you just let me do, do what I need to do, get to work. And, but that hasn't stopped. And so he's 85, a man who in our society would have been retired for, I don't know, maybe a couple of decades. Yeah. Probably 20 years. And so he's saying, I want to get, I'm going to get back to the work that, that, I, that that I that we started like I'm gonna I need to get back into this, and so like I would Caleb probably when he dies the flame, his spirit burns too hot for his physical body you know, and I so that he's got to go you know <laughs> yeah. and I want that I that's what I I desire from my from my own aging process is that I'm just almost I'm too hot for this place anymore my spirit can't can't be contained by this anymore and that's where i that's where i want to go i you know and, and by god's grace i hope to make it there you yeah know? um but that's what i that's what i was considering i love that aspect of caleb's character mm-hmm. where he is ready to throw down at that age mm-hmm. and not just mm-hmm. in the sense of like fight the world he's literally ready to fight giants that's yeah. what the, the anakites were giants yeah that's what they were so he's like i'm 85 i'm ready let's go fight these giants and he's gonna go do it when you see, like, that's what Caleb's character was. Yeah. He's going to claim the land that God promised to him for him and his family. Mm-hmm. So that's what I really like about Caleb. Young Caleb and old Caleb, it's that consistent nature of trusting in God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he's making a heritage for his family. But that heritage came because he trusted in God when he was younger. So yes. that's all I've got for today about Caleb. But I just, I love that aspect of Caleb's whole hearted trust in God. Mm. Any parting thoughts? No. Okay. I've shared them. I've shared them all. You've shared some good ones. Well, may we burn as bright in our spirit as Caleb did and just keep increasing in vigor and vim. There we go. I think that, you know, maybe, okay, maybe this is my my final. All right. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Okay. Uh, But I think that that flame is, is lit by knowing God. And I think that that is it, you know, is that when you, when you know him, you know the living God, what mountain is too high to, to climb over? When you know the living God, you can step out on, you know, on the water like Peter did, looking at him. You can, I mean, he calms the storm. He's, he's the guy, he's, he's the one who, who allows us to be, to be bold and to go. And so I think if we, if we want that flame, that energy, that vigor, then it's going to be pressing into to knowing him deeper in his word and then through obeying him so i think that that's i mean that's what caleb did i think that's 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 our call too so yeah that's the call Mm -hmm. trust and obey for Mm -hmm. sure good well those are some good parting thoughts we're going to end on that so listeners i want to thank you for listening if you've enjoyed the show please feel free to subscribe to pass the show on to other people and also to leave a written review if you would like to support the show You can visit our website, headofnations.com, and click on the support tab. And we appreciate the donations people have given so far. Mm -hmm. So thank you for that. If you would like to reach out with a question or comment that you would like us to discuss on the show, email us at info at headofnations.com. And as always, we are the head of our nations, 
So let's go live like it. Until next time. 